0: Ah! <laughs>
1: For listening to the ESBC Sports Betting NFL podcast, where I always say the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. I say that because we want to be candid and a hundred percent transparent. This is like a prospectus when you buy a company that's registered with the SEC, a non-Chinese company because we know the Chinese company's numbers are bogus, right? But a good American Westernized company with real numbers, you're not cooking the numbers, where you know exactly what you're getting and you're getting a business proposition. Every podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome. You got the purpose, right? But in capitalism, you don't get anywhere without collaboration, right? So the purpose is to collaborate to at least innovation, least some more ideas because every year is different every week's different the last two years we've been sixty five percent sixty eight percent uh college and lo and behold first week of college i'm 68 percent again betting a thousand dollars a game we're at eighty five hundred dollars profit right so that's the purpose profit free cash flow everything else is bs if you work for a company And they talk about revenue, revenue is BS. What's real is profit and free cash flow. So that was the free uh, cash flow for this weekend. But I'm thinking 68%, there's a flaw I have that I'm not even higher because in probability theory, the highest you can get is 80%, right? So the outcome is last two years, 500% ROI each year. That's not even when we start rolling into college basketball. We make similar numbers. But what it means simply is you have 10 times more money than when you started with listening and using the pics on the podcast. However, like everything else in life, it's complicated. So, what we do, I have an MBA, I have clients worth, you know, 50 million, 20 million. So, I have to keep my mind sharp. And I use business and financial concepts, probability theory. It's just decision science to make these picks. So the same way you pick a stock or you look to invest in a company, it's the same way, the same methodology, the same decision-making process you use to pick a game. So that's why we have those results. These are tangible results. Everything's 100% transparent. We post every single pick on every game. And today's theme is going to be arbitrage. I mean, Again, there's a lot of lies. They talk about the big lie. There's a lot of lies, especially in the sports betting industry. And the definition of arbitrage you hear out there is very different. Now, with Bitcoin coming on board, arbitrage from a financial standpoint, again, very vital, very important because at the end of the day, you do not want to run out of money when you retire. Now, in business, if you are the toughest smartest person in the room you are in the wrong room so i'm fortunate lucky and good to have a couple gentlemen here who are both smarter than i am and tougher than and we're going to collaborate on picks and i'm very excited to see how much money we make up this weekend we're start remember it's not that oh you got eight five hundred dollars of the house's money no it's my money right no really my wife's money but <laughs> well, i digress we have from New England, he's going to be a New England Patriots expert, our expert on totals. First time he goes to Vegas, he's 9 out of 10 on totals. That's 90%. 52.5% is break-even. So this man knows totals. He knows football. Man, he sat with me the whole draft. We went through every draft. We learned a lot, right? Because to get those numbers, to get those profit, you have to do a lot of work, man, putting in the work. Thank you, Scott, Coach from the Northeast, but he's in Vegas, man. He's in the belly of the beast right now. Getting information for us. Thank you, Scott.
0: You're welcome. I've come to your side of the country to see what it's like. So
2: (laughs) I I just signed with Vegas, man. I'll be playing January. Training camp starts. I'll be moving to Vegas in January. Nice. Uh,
1: Excellent.
2: Season starts in February. They just built us a nice new stadium in Henderson.
1: Nice. That's uh, Las Vegas of the Arena Football League. Yeah, Las Vegas Nighthawks. Nice. I'll definitely be making the trip once everything kind of explodes out because my wife has low immunity. And I would be with Scott right there if it wasn't for Delta. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way to get out there with Delta. The voice you heard is, last time I saw. Uh, 20, you know, when I saw this, I was like, 27 yards to catch, right? you really, right? Uh and I'm like how do you run 27 yards and then turn around and cast the ball that fast? <laughs> you know so we have uh, he played at uh, CFL. He played in arena, right He's a successful college football player. Uh, you can see on YouTube some of, some of his uh, plays and uh, we did an interview man after a game he was breaking down the game better than most SEC coaches. what's going on? He, uh, he was at the, the team had changed the offense uh, and uh, he had changed positions. He went to safety and wide receiver and he was handling those questions like a pro. That was like four or five years ago, man. Good YouTube video. We'll post a link to that guy. Again, tougher, smarter than I am. His brother is going to be the starting hey man, quarterback. He's breaking down the game better than most. we uh, get this off. Uh, we're live on YouTube you as well. But his brother's going to be the starting quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers uh, this weekend and for the rest of the year So we have. Greatness of Menifee, California. Chad, no.
2: Happy to be here, man. Go Beavers.
1: Yeah, what are your – and then first we'll get from you guys, what uh, – we'll get two things. We'll get you guys your initial thoughts on the season. And every week, uh, Scott will give a, uh, a report – on your New England Patriots, since he's uh, that's his home base out there. He did see him on training camp and training So, Chad, what do you what What are your thoughts? Initial thoughts on uh, on the NFL season? We did two previews. I Did notice a lot of people are cramming. So, if you want to cram, listen to those two podcasts we did on uh, the ASC betting preview and the NFC betting preview. But what are your initial thoughts on this first week in in these lines? Man,
2: I'm a uh man. It's going to be fun. A lot, a lot of stuff to see. Um, I think just like off like principality, what you always taught me just how, you know, the unders come in more uh, than the overs on in general. And we got week one and we think it might be a little slow starting. Like I, I can probably guess we'll have a more unders than we have overs. Right. From, from the slate. Um, because like you always say, you know, everybody, the public, I learned on this podcast, the public always bets the over. They drive that number up. And they bet the favorites, so uh, we don't want to be too shy to uh, take the under and take the underdog. So, um, man, looking off the jump, I, I like. Uh, I'm really curious to see um, Carolina and Darnold playing his own team, his his old team. Right. Uh, I man, I, I mean, I think Carolina can get that one done. I think that McCaffrey and Darnold are gonna be like pretty pretty ready to go right off the bat from them training out in California together and like being around each other, right. I don't think there'll be too much of a, you know, period for them. I think they'll be ready to rock and roll, have a big game. So that's a game that stands out to me.
1: Yeah. What are your initial thoughts? And what, are you, what What's your uh, report? What are your thoughts on the New England Patriots?
0: Well, I, I think they can, uh, they can beat the Dolphins this week. Um, young quarterback. Bella Bella always has a a good game plan against young quarterbacks. Um, Very successful against them. Um, As I look around the league, since I'm in Vegas and I have the point spread thing totaled here in the over-unders, there's a lot of high numbers here. I mean, a lot of high numbers. Um, So I'm I'm in agreement with Chad. I think think this could be a definite under-week. I think see a lot of teams struggling right out of the gate. Um, trying to gain an identity, um, you know, but there are some teams in in the league this year that are, are going to just go right from the jump and they're going to fire on all cylinders and picking those teams out is going to be the key to, to success with those. With those. But um, but I, I do see the Patriots winning this week. I do see a couple other teams uh, winning handily this week, but I see a lot of close games too, a
1: lot of unders. Same here. Uh, last year, a lot of games went over, especially early in the season. Uh, could have been COVID because teams couldn't uh, practice tackling. And something that hit me in college was that the tackling was horrible in college. So, unless you last year, somebody like Belly treating and name Belly Tree for a reason, uh, what I heard last year, and I'm sure it happened this year, if you had a, uh, a problem with COVID or couldn't practice, bell Sheet was making you put the laptop right on the window and let, watch you were supervised by a coach your workout. How many coaches can do that? How many coaches can get away with doing that, right? Those coaches are going to have better tackling teams. They coaches who can't get away with. So, there's going to be an emphasis on that. I know the Steelers are going to tackle well. Mm-hmm. I know the Patriots are going to tackle well. I know the Sheets are going to tackle well. So, that's something to factor in when you're looking at these totals. And we don't have to answer now, but it's a good thing to answer during the upcoming weeks. A big debate. um, I can go either way on it, right? Uh, The debate is, can you predict turnover? Because one thing that will make a game go over are turnover, right? Uh, Belichick has won me a lot of games on his unders because literally he can't do it anymore. Right, uh, because he's put so much on the defense. There used to be if you were a running back out of New England, right? Scott can check me out that if you fumbled, you were cut. <laughs> right? If he he absolutely Belichie did not uh like um fumbling the ball, right? He he hates turnovers, he hate you know, those Super Bowl winning coaches they put it on the defense, they hate turnovers because it puts their defense in a bad spot too much time on the field and they want their teams to protect the quarterback or protect the defense so when you're protecting the defense you're running it you're doing short passes you're staying in bounds you're waiting to four seconds to snap the ball you're protecting the defense that's what these guys uh want right so you know That's one of those situations where these games would go under. So that's what you evaluate, right? The first game we're going to tackle is Tampa Bay, the the master of what I just said at Tampa Bay, you know, seven Super Bowls, right? Coached by Lloyd Carr in Michigan. Now, the deal was with him coming there was that he, this is going to be 50%. Tom Brady off. So start the week, Brady's telling Arians and Brian Leftwich, his offensive coordinator, what the game plan is, because he's Whitefield and he himself is coaching 50%. Then they switch off and Arians and Leftwish tell Brady what they're looking at and they're collaborating like we do in this podcast. They're collaborating on what's going on. So with this much time to prepare, uh, reading tampa bay uh greg armand at the atlantic does a great job covering tampa bay we had him on last year the, the first podcast last year and all these podcasts are designed to be heard even years in advance he made the point of that brady was lighting up cursing out everybody on offense during training camp right so he really is basically a coach but with this much time to prepare I'm watching Hard Knocks. The first scene of Hard Knock Jerry Jones, is saying, I could be anywhere in the world, but I'm here with my team. And he starts crying, right? I interpreted that. Because when you go to training camp, uh, you look at body language, right? You know, you look at with the vibe is. That that I interpret that, that he doesn't have all the players he wants. This is not a team he wants. So he could easily be, you know, in the south of France in a big mansion, right? So... I have to say Tampa Bay minus seven under 42 because Brady's going to protect, but basically it's the best defense in the NFL. Dallas is not ready. They have a hurt offensive line. Dak, it takes a year to recover. I don't see Dak being Dak until about the sixth game of the season. Uh, and that defense isn't really that good to begin with. They're switching uh, defensive coordinators. We got a new coordinator this year. Uh, Quinn whose defenses at Atlanta that he had a lot of input with were getting light up, lit up. And he took to the Super Bowl that one year. but really uh, that Atlanta defense didn't do well until he got fired and Raheem Morris was the interim coach. All right So what do you think about that game, Scott? So
0: first off being in Vegas is an advantage so that the line has gone up to eight and a half. Wow today. I was in. I was in a sports book today. A couple of them saw the spread has gone up to eight and a half. I think Tampa's still going to cover it. I right. think. I think they're going to win by ten. Brady's been here before. Opening night game um, has his team ready. Obviously, um, he'll throw. He'll throw and he'll throw. Um, I, I just think I agree with you. Dak is not going to be right. Um, that offensive line has an injury, and Zach Martin, I believe, is coming back from an injury. So that, how long is it going to take for him to acclimate into the the, the game? Um, right. Don't forget, don't forget, Dak hasn't thrown a lot in this preseason, if no. at all. So that's a factor. He's been out since week five of last year. I just see Tampa running all over them. I see Tampa rolling. 31-17, 31, 17, 31 something, something in that that regards. I think Brady's going to have an excellent first game, and I think he's going to get all his weapons involved. Right. Uh, Godwin, Evans, Brown, Gronk, you name it, he's going to get them involved. So right. I, I, I just see them jumping on Dallas, and I, I don't see any let up in them opening night. I think they're going to make a statement to the rest of the NFL that they're here, you have to come take it away from them, so. Um, I love Tampa Bay. The over/under total is is that's within the ballpark range of what it's gonna what it's gonna be. So I would I would much rather play the Tampa Bay um, given an eight and a half um, and covering.
1: Right. So that's Brian. Yeah, yeah, I'm that. gonna go under fifty two because uh, last year all these games went over. I mean, really, literally yeah. the first weeks of the season, all these games went over. Now you have thirty two states online. Right, uh, it's a national game, right? And uh mm-hmm. first time I'll say it, but Chad, a disciple of the podcast who's had zero losing weeks. We want to keep that strictly live, zero losing weeks, right? He was remarking that national game with all these states online. uh Foxwood now can take bit Remember the Jersey during a pandemic with a two billion dollar handle, and most people are gonna bet the over. And I'm going to bet Tampa Bay in favor, right? So uh, I see under 52, and maybe even wait till game time. And if you know if it hits 60 or something like that, go ahead and hit the under. What are your thoughts, Nolan?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Tampa minus minus eight and a half, and under. I like um What about that eight and a half line? Do you guys see that coming back in Tampa Bay's way at all, or do you think it's just going to keep getting bet up by the public?
0: I think it's going to stay there. I don't. I can't see it going up anymore. Um, Dallas is a Dallas is a team a lot of people are fans of. They bet bet them
1: blindly in Vegas
0: blindly, Um, just like we talked about with Dallas over under win total on the NFC show. Um, I don't see where they're going to come close to that. I think they're going to get off to a slow start. Um, The defense is still terrible obviously. Nice. So they haven't, they haven't gained that. So I think the line's going to stay between eight, eight and and a half somewhere in that. So. Yeah.
1: Now, usually I'll say the Tampa Bay second half line, um, but it, it, it could be a case of uh, Tampa Bay getting a big lead and then uh, just sitting on the ball. Uh, McCarthy will think he's seen needs a little bit of confidence getting blown out, so you might throw in some plays to get a couple of cheap scores late. And it's hot in Dallas. <laughs> Global warming, right? So people say it's hot everywhere, right? Uh, so that'll be something to look at. If it's a close game, go ahead and take Tampa Bay second half. Like, Why? Because I'm looking at Tampa Bay right now. Feels like 95. And it's 80% humidity, All right? Uh, let me look at Dallas here. Uh, Dallas. And I've been 80% on this in, in 2-0 this year with uh, UCF. When <laughs> in the second half. Uh, and your Florida State Criminals also <laughs> winning in the second half against uh, Notre Dame. And that's huge because South Bend, Indiana, it's starting to get a little cooler. So, Dallas is 93, 40% humidity. So, there's a little bit of change in the humidity, but 93 is 93. So, that isn't like a huge edge, but still, because I think Tampa Bay has a better uh, general manager, right? The general manager of Dallas is Stephen Jones, the son of Sheriff Jones. So, no pressure in him getting fired. Uh, so Tampa Bay has more depth. So if the game is somewhat close, pick Tampa Bay the second half line. If the game is out of hand, uh, then don't. Right.
0: And a little extra nugget: Godwin practiced in full today, so he's a go. No. So he was in. He was on the injury report. He's off of it, so he's a go.
1: So no, um, I saw where Mike Evans, right? They made him restructure his contract.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, so uh, Tampa Bay was ready to let Mike Evans go if he, if he gave him any bad talk. <laughs> I mean, me, he's <laughs> but that shows you how much depth they have at wide receiver that they're yeah. letting a guy like Mike Evans hit the street easily if, if he didn't meet their demands. Then it shows you a little bit about inflation, right? Because uh, the Glaciers have the money and they have it for Manchester United. They don't want to look cheap because the Manchester United fans are becoming after. Second game, second fan base, there are a few of the folks who are friends of mine don't do this. But a lot of the Bills Mafia bet blindly on the Bills. Already, uh, the city officials and the owners have chalked up that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Is, is the owners already making demands that he won't make another lease unless they buy him a stadium because the Bills are are for sure winning the Super Bowl this year. We got Josh Allen, who everybody loves. Uh, again, their offensive line was hurt last year. How is it going to come up? They're going against Mike Tomlin in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I'll say this story just one more time on the podcast. When I first saw Mike Tomlin was... Maybe, it was 30 years ago, 30-plus years ago. He was a defensive assistant for Tampa Bay. Tony Dungy's your head coach. Monty Kiffin's your defensive coordinator. Herm Edwards, right, head coach in the NFL, head coach of Arizona State. Uh, Sun Devils is your secondary's coach. Lovey Smith, who took a team to the Super Bowl, who's the defensive coordinator of the Texans, uh, was your uh, linebacker's coach. And another head coach who's still in the NFL as a defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, was Rod Marinelli. Defensive assistants were uh, Barry, right, who's the defensive coordinator at Green Bay. He was a defensive assistant. The other defensive assistant was Mike Tomlin. <laughs> so Mike Tomlin's won a Super Bowl. And again, we use business and financial concepts. So we look at fundamental analysis. And one of the main tenets, one of the main factors of t- fundamental analysis, I'll have this all in the episode notes, is corporate governance, right? And we made a lot of money analyzing the corporate government. These are corporations, speaking, you know, players of corporations. Made a lot of money analyzing the corporate governance, right? So with all summer to prepare, Super Bowl winning quarterback, you're getting seven, right? People that know me know that I go. Salesmen think short term. Businessmen and women, right? Not being sexist here, I'm saying women are smarter. Think long term. Higher level thinking is long term. I have an MBA, and most of the money I've made has been through street smarts and common sense. But one guy, in the whole case, all I did use was common sense street smart. Would only hire me if I had an advanced degree right? <laughs> that I never, didn't even use on the case. So it's long-term thinking. It's higher-level thinking. right? So I'm going to buy the point, make it plus eight against the Bills Mafia, who think they're going to score all these points. The over-under is 51. Uh, again, I think a lot of these uh, over-unders – are gonna fly at game time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait on certain games because everybody. Oh, Josh Allen's gonna be an MVP, right? That game's gonna go over, right? So, again, you see the process. We get as much information as possible before making a decision. We use math, and then we apply logic as much as we can to get to the pick. And it's illogical that because. Josh Allen is going to be the MVP that this game is going over. No. First game of the season, longer season, right? Uh, The Bills got bigger fish to fry. The New England game, which counts for two, much more important, the first game of the season against the Steelers. And vice versa, the Steelers are on the road. So they got much fish to fry, a lot they're going to keep in their pocket. And Mike Conlon believes on the defense. And it's a simple defense. So these guys played fast. So for that many other reasons, I see this game going under 51 in the average, even with all the games going over last year, the average historically over under an NFL game is 45. So this one flying at 51, 52, when you got uh, basically a hall of fame defensive coach, right? Uh, it's not going over. What do you think, Scott, Cole? I agree with you. It's not going over.
0: First, uh first-round draft pick was Najee Harris. Right. Picked him right. for, for a reason. They want to run the ball, keep Buffalo's offense off the field. Right. Run the ball, play smash-mouth defense, get after Josh Allen if they can. I see Buffalo winning the game. I don't see them covering the spread. I, I just think Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh is gonna be sixty to sixty-five percent run the ball this game because of that Buffalo offense. So I I definitely see this game going way under, could even could even approach forty forty one. Yeah final. And I see Pittsburgh running the heck out of the ball because that's what Tomlin wants to do. Wants to show showcase Najee Harris, showcase his first round pick, you know, get that offensive line has been much maligned in the offseason. He wants to get them some confidence. So if he, they can run the ball against Buffalo, which I think they can. That will give them the confidence. And who knows, close game in the fourth quarter, come down to the end. Right. They could pull it out. They could pull it out. It's possible. Um, but I see Buffalo winning, but not covering, for sure. Right. And at I, the
1: Yeah, 24-17, game. Yeah.
0: yeah, something like that. And the under, for sure. No no way it's going near 50. No. I don't think
1: And I'll put a lot of foundational stuff on this first podcast. Then we'll skip over the rest. And in the episode link tomorrow, I'll finish the top 10 rules of betting, uh, the revisions I've made. And I'll put the link in the episode podcast. But the reason I'm buying the point, right, is because I have a get rich, slow strategy, where 52.5% is break even. So 65% over a whole season at $10,000 a game, last year it netted me around $67,000, right? Not all that's my money. IRS guys, sit down. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about the value equation. You can see that on my Twitter feed. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it, right? Because you got to put that, get COVID to understand we're not going to live forever. And you never, I've never seen a Brinks truck behind a funeral procession, right? You have to have a lot of fun doing this. So, again, salesmen think short term, businessmen and women think long term. So, I'm betting, taking seven and putting it at eight. So, 2417, I cash the ticket and I cash the under. I get both, right? Uh, key numbers are three, seven, 10, 14, 17, 21, 24, 28, right? Those are key numbers, and you have to pay attention to those numbers because if Dallas fans, Steelers fans, or Dame fans, USC fans betted over a key number and it's inflated and you think the other team might win or cover, those bets have been about 80% for me uh, over the last five years that I can remember. So what are your thoughts on this game? The Buffalo-Bills-Mossia at home, crazy crowd. Yeah,
2: it's, it's going to be a close game, I think, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll, in, in a close game, seven points, buy it up, get it to seven over that key number, even seven and a half, get it. And, uh, yeah, under all day. Steelers want to run the ball. It's opening day, good defense. I think, yeah, I like the under, too. I agree with you guys.
1: All right. So, we'll go uh, the consensus pick right? It is. Uh, Steelers plus the eight under 51 and wait for that number to go higher than 51. Because I think a lot of states going on, uh, New Jersey, uh, you know, two billion, billion. That's with a B, billion dollar handle. It was more than Vegas. Arizona's going to be online. Got my friend from Arizona texting me already. So a lot of different states. Man, and those Dallas and Alabama football lines go way up high because they all use William Hill. A lot of them use William Hill. Others are using supercomputers. They drive from Dallas to Biloxi, Mississippi, and Biloxi, Mississippi, is not that used to be in the illegal days. Now it's legal in the Biloxi, Mississippi, sportsbooks, home of our good good friend Brett Favre. Next game is the New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers. Now, what's interesting about the Carolina Panthers to me, especially following finance, is the owner is David Tepper, who ran a hedge fund, uh, $25 billion. He sells out because a family firm, he's still working, it's a family firm. But he pulled out $3 billion. He used $1 billion to retire, $2 billion to buy the Carolina Panthers. And in my opinion, so far, is playing out. He's using the same strategy as Jerry Jones, except he didn't play football. And he wasn't a college coach. But he believes in numbers like we believe it. Know the numbers and you'll know everything, right? That's what Bill Harrington, independently wealthy guy, told me in Boston. But <laughs> I worked with one of his dealerships. He owned, dealerships all over the Northeast. And he owned one in Boston. I said, Josh, know the numbers and you'll know everything, right? David Depper begins it. So he thinks because he knows numbers, he knows football. And he's full on alan- alan- uh, analytics, like uh, Detroit used to be. I don't know if there are now, Damn Dan Campbell doesn't seem like. Uh, Cleveland 100% is. And Carolina is. And some teams talk about it, but they're not going for long, right? So, I had been 28 and 0 betting against analytics teams that returned to the mean a little bit, right? Last year, with Carolina and with Cleveland. Now, Cleveland, the outlier was that Bill Callahan was the offensive, uh, the offensive line coach. He doesn't believe in analytics in every team that he coaches the offensive line to either go to the Super Bowl or the playoffs. Right. That's Bill Callahan. The other outlier is that Matt Rule is smart. He made a publicly smart statement versus Matt Patricia, who made a stupid public statement. Matt Patricia said that he let analytics make the decisions for him. Analytics is a tool, so you, the manager, making $5 million a year, which is what's the case for Matt Patricia and uh, Matt Rule, uh, who's the head coach of Carolina. Matt Rule said it the correct way. Analytics is a tool for me to make a decision, but they paid me $5 million to flip the script. He's a Joe Paterno guy. Now, David Tepper has made himself also the general manager of the team, even though he has no football experience. So just because you know numbers, and just because you're a billionaire uh, stock picker who uses technical analysis, which I never use, because uh, people have gotten rich made billions of dollars using fundamental analysis and uh, taking advantage of market inefficiencies. Nobody's ever gotten rich using technical analysis. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis. Uh, David Tepper made on his in, on his. Uh, over a 20-year period, made 20% on his investments. But he had $25 billion to start with. Me, I make 20%. I would be broke right now and I wouldn't have any confidence. So I didn't have the privilege that he had. right? And you make 1,000% these days because you don't have to be a genius to pick Amazon or Tesla or anything. So he, he got away with certain results. Now he gets the first result as a general manager, losing season. Matt Rule is a college coach. He only had two winning seasons as a college coach. Uh, first winning season he got with Tempo, he gets the Baylor job, making $4 million. Goes to Baylor, he goes one and 10. Then he goes 10 and 3, had a horrible ball game. Next thing you know, he's making $5 million as a head coach of your Carolina Panthers because he's smart and willing to do the analytics. And David Tepper wanted somebody he could control, a yes man, for lack of a better word. Yes, David, you're right. So the line in this game is, this is analysis stuff you do not get anywhere else. Carolina minus five at home with Sam Darnold, who's never had a winning season as an NFL quarterback. And at USC, uh, I saw a lot of luck lack factor at USC. USC, in every single game they had, had a talent advantage in every single game. But they never went to a, really a major bowl game. And I don't think they even went ever a Pac-10 title because the, the time they went to the Rose Bowl was because Washington went to the playoffs. So we're getting five points against the Jets, and the Jets have nothing. Over under 44. So make sense of that for us, Scott Pope. Revenge game, first of all. Right. Definite revenge game
0: um, for two players. Not just Donald, but Robbie Anderson, too. Right. Um, McCaffrey's back. They have, a, they have some weapons. Um, three receivers um, with t- uh, Marshall, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. Um, I think the Panthers are going to jump on them early. And I don't think the Jets are going to even get back in the game. I think the Jets, I think Zach Wilson will have a rough first game. Um, He he might be missing one or two weapons. Their running game is in shambles right now. Nobody knows what's going on with it. Um, I think it's going to go under. I don't don't think it's going to approach the 40 45, 44. Um, I could see a, you know, a 28 to 10 final score. Right. Easily. Um, Panthers are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it pulling away. I'd be surprised if the Jets hang with them more than a quarter. So, Um, and the Jets are banged up injury-wise too. They have a lot of injuries. Um, A lot of guys will be playing hurt if they play. Um, So, that's what I see. I see Donald probably throwing two or three touchdown passes in a revenge game, and I think Robbie Anderson gets one, and then TJ Moore gets another. So,
1: yeah, and then uh, Darnold's going to have the confidence factor because he's he's uh, played against those guys in practice. He knows a lot of those guys. Uh, Carolina second year of the program, Jetson first year, first time head coach. I I think he's only been a coordinator for like a year or two. He's uh, a yeah you know, Pete Carroll wannabe. And I haven't seen really any Pete Carroll protégés really have any kind of success. Uh, Kid North Jr. when he left was horrible. Sarkeesian hasn't won anything. Wayne Kiffin hasn't won anything. So, yeah, let's go with uh, your Carolina Panthers minus five. Under 44. What do you think, Chad? Yeah. All day, I think revenge game.
2: Darnold's gonna get it done. Uh, Scott has weapons. McCaffrey's back. There. I mean, I, I mean, I can't see it going any, any other way. And right. I think like a twenty-eight ten score is gonna be right, right around this week, man. I think the
1: unders are coming in. Yeah, big time. Next game. Um, it's one of those games, and I've won games like this and I lost games like this where I'm like, I have no idea why this line is. Other than LA is such a big market, the Chargers have been hyped a lot, and the Redskins had bad years, right? And now, with Dallas being on uh hard knocks, uh, but the rest of the- I saw them in the preseason. Really like the body language. Really like the uh, you know Ron Rivera how he has things constructed there. Jack Del Rio is was was a head, was a great head coach. He's won Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator. Uh, Scott Turner's been in the NFL a lot. He's lived his whole life in the NFL. He knows exactly what his dad is going to be around somewhere, really calling the plays that Ron Rivera wants. So I'm all day. Uh, going Redskins uh, plus two, you see how the line changed a little bit, changed in Vegas there, and under forty five, I'm going to buy the point. What do you think, Scott?
0: This is this is the one that confounds me for sure. Um, charges are coming to east east coast. Right, one, one o'clock game, which means it's 10 a.m. Um, with their body clocks. Um, Austin Eckler did not practice today, hamstring injury. That's a concern. If he does right. not play, this game is going to go in swing big time in favor of Washington in terms of the right. point spread. So jumping on the, spread, the point spread now would probably be the best option. As I already have, I made a bet today. I took Washington. Um, before the spread jumped and went in favor of them by three or four. Um, I I think Washington defensively is really good. I think they're going to get after Herbert. I think they're going to force some turnovers. I think they're going to sack them. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I can't see the Chargers scoring more than 14, 17 points. I think Washington could put somewhere in the 20s. I agree with you with the under. I just don't understand how it's still the Chargers are favored by anything coming East, playing 1 o'clock, 10 o'clock Pacific. And if Eckler doesn't play, there's no way the Chargers are winning this ballgame. I can't see it, so.
1: Right. And then you have – uh year your quarterback, Herbert, going against uh, all summer long two Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinators like Rivera and uh, Jack Del Rio. What is that, Chad?
2: Yeah. Washington, this this is probably my favorite pick on the whole of any total or side the whole day. I mean, I I think they win that game by two touchdowns easily. I don't see how they're not a touchdown favorite. Chargers traveling across cross country, I mean, this was a pick that we. This is a game we talked about on the uh, on the podcast on the preview of the right. conference. Right. Um, we love how we we love this Washington pick. So yeah, and then uh, under all day that defensive line they have at Washington is going to slow them down if Eckler's not playing. That's huge. He's a huge weapon out of the backfield. You guys hit it on the head. Washington and, and under all day.
1: Yeah, and really they should teach this in school, but. I've always felt it and then I've talked to some academic people, some really people that know math, uh, you know, PhDs at MIT and math is pattern recognition. So we did the math. We had the prior recognition that we did research and logic to com- come up with that conclusion. Now, the, in probability theory, the highest level of you can be sure of something is 80%. So when people say, oh, this is a lock. No, there's no such thing as a lock not at all so you only ever bet 25 percent of your total bankroll if you really think of something also do not parlay right stay away from teasers and really i was on the fence on that until a person who owns an online sports book <laughs> and a manager of a sportsbook both independent of each other told me the parlays and teasers, right? Makes them the most money and to never do, right? So what do I know? Listen, you know That's why a guy gave you two years and whatnot. I'm listening to them. And then again, in finance, when you eliminate variables and covariants, you get to a result. So a parlay and a teaser, you're adding variables to the result, right? So eliminating variables and covariables, right? Ensures the result, the result we want, outcome we want is profit. Now, with that being said, every rule is meant to be broken, right? So, I don't mind doubling down. So, betting a thousand dollars a game, I'll bet two thousand on the Redskins plus two, and uh, two grand on that under because that screams under all day. You have two. Defensive coaches early in the season, in a season where for the first time you're playing an extra game. So this game screams the under. So that's the Bills-Mafia game. But McDermott, Andy Reid, conservative type guy, defensive guy with Tomlin. This is their philosophy. This is what they believe. Like a Taliban don't believe in women, right? These coaches believe. And that's the great thing about the United States. I don't knock it. It's the belief, man. People believe in their team. They're blindly going to bet their team. These guys believe in defense, putting it on the team defense, protecting the defense, long season earlier in the year, and then return to the mean. The guy at Jeopardy who claims to be a sports better, all he does in his sports betting is return to the mean. Right? So, in statistics, so return to the mean would be that all these games went over early in the season. So the supercomputers and the line institute. William Hill are pricing that. So what do we do? We go the other way, right? Contrarians make the most money in sports. So my cynical uh, nature helps me. Now, a game I cannot figure out uh, is the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. And the spread is minus three uh, Falcons? Yep. yep. Minus three oh. Falcons. And the over-under, again, it's a higher, over 45, 48. Uh, what do you guys think of that game?
0: Two factors in this game for sure. One is can the Falcons control Jalen Hurts running the ball? Right. Getting out of the pocket and running? And on the other side, can the Eagles control Calvin Ridley from going off?
1: Right.
0: Whichever team does the better job at those two points is going to win this game.
1: Falcons right, defense. Right. Is not- who, who can control the Alabama wide receivers? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or the quarterback. So, right.
0: um, so I I would. Falcons defense is not good. I haven't shown anything in the preseason in terms of being good. So, I I would put my money on the, that Jalen Hurts is going to be able to run the ball, get out of the pocket, run the ball. 48 is a little too high. I would go the under for sure. Um, opening game. Um, if under my head, I would probably go the Eagles in this, getting the three, the
1: three and a half. Um, that's so where I would first go. First one might be different. We'll yeah, have Chad break the the tie here. It could go either way. This
0: game could go either way. I'm with yeah. you. I, th- this really could go either way. It, right, there is right. no there is no one thing you can look at and say, okay, that's the key. That's what's gonna sway no. this game either way.
1: No. So because, this is,
0: yeah, yeah. This is an evenly matched game between you two know, teams that don't have a great defense and have middle of the road offenses.
1: So right. The way I'm looking at it is. You're right. You go through either way. This is another uh, analytics that's not working football, right? Because, you know, I'll say this foundational story. We'll repeat it for the rest of the year. But I have a client, can't say their names or whatever, but she's an MIT uh, graduate, PhD in math. And she has a World Series rings uh, hired for analytics with a baseball team. And she made a point of it one day during a meeting to tell me, this is the first year that the Cleveland clowns went to analytics with D-Pedestra, who's been fired out of to go job that they were at. And uh, I asked her about that. And she says that she would not take any NFL clients because from a purely math perspective, there's too many variables in football. The way she explained it, is. You got 22 guys on the field and you have 22 backups, right? So that's 44. You have two coaching staffs of at least 13 people. So you have 44 plus 26. Then you have refs involved, right? So it's it, too much things going on. An example I use is the, the, you know, Andy Reid was up, was losing by what, 26 points to Houston? And he still, basically, all they had to do with Sean Watson on them is, you know, protect the defense, run clock, whatever. And what does the punter do? Inexplicably, he tries a fake punt deep in their own end, right? So that's the variables of loss. However, key statistics are important, right? Return to the mean is important in football. So if a quarterback can make three first downs with his legs, that team wins 70% of the time. So Jalen Hurts can do that. Now, Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't think he should have won the Heisman Trophy because the big problem African-American quarterbacks have, uh, Lamar Jackson, same problem, Jalen Hurts said, is that most of the time they're throwers and not passers. So now they're going to make the point of trying to be a passer. And – uh, I lost money in that fact in last weekend with Williams and Miami. He tried to be a pocket passer against Alabama instead of running. So he didn't run. They get blown out, right? Trying to prove a point. Same thing happened with Mark Jackson in the playoffs last year. He couldn't read the defenses. Didn't see the line break over the middle. Pick six. He lost. But we predicted that was going to happen. So it's Jalen Hurts when he tried to stay in the pocket in the playoffs what happened? He got blown out. So He hasn't proven yet that he could be a pocket passer. person who has and put people in the Super Bowl is uh, Matty Ice for Atlanta. He has some weapons. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. He a tight end who runs a 4-3. Tall, big guy. And he can block. So you don't know if he's going to crack down and block or go to the slot or whatever. So he has some weapons there. First game of the season in Mercedes, Georgia right? Eagles has a young staff uh, Andy Reed the disciples, but they're digging, digging deep in the pool for these coaches a lot of these coaches haven't even been coordinators, now suddenly they're head coaches first game on the road but really that's kind of two steps against each other, so yeah this, this game is flaky at best but I'll go um, when a team is flaky I always use the analogy of the flaky family member who asks you for twenty dollars. You say, "I love you. I'm going to give you the twenty bucks, uh, but I'm not going to let you borrow it. I'm going to give it to you, right? Because you know you're not going to get the twenty bucks back." And they're always late at Thanksgiving dinner. The the ham they were bringing had a problem, so they go to have to go to Honeybee Camp to buy a ham. So don't trust them with points. So I'll go moneyline Falcons. Uh, 48, seems like a high number again. (laughs) None of these feel right to me based on the situation. A lot of first-year coaching guys. And really, uh, for the Eagles to win a game, it can't be a high-scoring game. So that's part of the strategy going in for the Eagles. What do you think, Chad Nola?
2: Yeah, I agree. Under, I think it's going to be an under all day. And uh, I know I, I really – I like the Eagles here. I, I, I'm going to rock with Jalen Hurts. Bit. I think the way the last game, the last season ended for Jalen when he kind of got taken out, coach is throwing the season, they throw another guy, he fumbles it, throws a pick when he's leading them back, you know. And not only that, not only leading them back, you know, he's still trying to solidify himself as like a starter, you know. He's trying right. to prove that I'm a stud, man. I can do what I did in college. I'm a, I'm a top five quarterback in the league. And uh, I just think after that, that how his last game of that season went and he's that's been in his t- so his mouth all off season. He's a younger guy, you know, he's built for this, you know. I mean he's one of the power lifters I think he's gonna really just like have a chip on his shoulder and play his dang ass off. And uh, I mean, he's gonna run for more than three first down with his legs. So, you know, three seventy percent, I'll take I think I think he's gonna have himself a day, and he's he's going to lay it on the line. Even though it's game one, I think he's going to have a little little tunnel vision. You know, being you know not trying to oh worrying about saving himself later in the year. I think he wants to put on a show, kind of show. You know, you know he's a guy after that. So I I would uh I think the Eagles three points. Well, we get three and a half.
1: Yeah, by the extra point, take it off the key number. Yeah, yeah. I mean
2: plus, I'll take it.
1: All right, and what what do you think about the over under? Under. under, yeah, going yeah. right. So, we got a consensus pick here two to one, Eagles plus three and a half, under 48. Okay, next game is the Colts against the Seattle Seahawks, and the Colts are getting three numbers, and the over under is 50. What is that thought, Scott? I
0: love Russell Wilson, All right? I think he's the He's the – other than Brady, he's the quarterback that if you need to score in the last two minutes of a game to win it, I think he's going to do it. Um, I think he finds ways to get his his talent involved in games. He has a beast for a wide receiver in DK Metcalf. Right. Um, he's almost uncoverable when he's on. Um, so I like Seattle in this spot. There's just too many question marks with Indy, Carson Wentz's health, offensive line's health. How much are they going to run the ball? How effective are they going to be running the ball? When Carson Wentz has to throw, how how effective is he going to be throwing the ball? I don't know if he's going to be that effective. I think this is a low-scoring Pete Carroll game.
2: Right. With
0: with passing, I think Seattle is going to score enough points to cover the two-and-a-half to three, whatever the spread may be. Um, I see like a I see like a 24 to, to 10 game, 24 13 game. I don't think he's gonna be able to hang with them, to be honest with you. I think I think Russell Wilson's gonna gonna find a way to get that ball in the end zone. And I, I think Seattle is gonna let him let him explode a little bit um, in this game. So I see a 24 13 game. Perfect Pete Carroll game. defensive, defensive minded. Um, And I think Russell Wilson's going to have two touchdowns and I think he's going to run the ball a little bit effectively. I think he's going to have 40, 50 yards rushing. So Um, I like Seattle in this game for sure. Uh,
1: I'm torn. Uh, I knew for, I knew Carson Wentz wasn't hurt. And a a lot of people said that and he was going to start for game of the season. Uh, And and it came to fruition, right? You hear conspiracy theories, you hear stuff, they go, whoa, what's going on here? But that actually happened. Uh, Frank Wright is a Super Bowl winning coach. Uh, I feel he was the reason Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid guy. Uh, I could see what Scott's saying play out. And then uh, P. Carroll has won me a lot of second half lines with a big lead, especially on the road. The Atlanta game comes to mind mind, because that was the game really completely blowing out Atlanta. And he took the air out of the ball in the second half. And Atlanta came back in the second half, easily covering the second half line. I can 100% see this. Frank Rice, the offensive coach, he's never going to try to stop scoring. But uh, Scott's probably right. It's going to be a 24-10 game. And let's say uh, at halftime, Seahawks get a touchdown and uh, Colts score, right? I don't see them going past seven, right? But I do see it at being under. So maybe like – 2027 20, 20 right it's under seattle cover so i'm actually going to change my pick here uh, i'm going to go S- seattle money line i don't trust be carol with a big lead we go seattle money line under 50 what are your thoughts
2: yeah i think you got to go with the seahawks here Pete Carroll, corporate governance he's going to run the ball with the lead second half i think their defense is going to be pretty solid i think he's happy with the defense the uncertainty with wentz and the colts offense and how he's going to look i think yeah, it's just that you got to go with the under and you got to go with the seahawks
1: and are you going to go money line, conservative like me, or are you going to go with uh, minus three? Um, three?
2: I'll, I'll, I'll probably buy it down to the two and a half, see if I can get it under three.
1: Okay. Brown, well, you're looking at two and a half. Seattle minus two and a half. So the consensus pick is uh, Seattle minus two and a half, three. Uh, and we all agree under 50. Because both coaches, I mean, uh, Reich wants to keep his defense fresh, long, longer season 17, right? So, another game that screams the under with a high total, right, is the Bengals at home. Joe Burrow chasing company against the Vikings, and Mike Zimmer and his son as the defensive coordinator, and uh, uh Kubiak, one of his best friends. His son is the office of coordinator. Uh, and betting, remember, if you live in the past, you die in the past. So betting the 2020 Bengals, right, uh, are getting three points at home, home opener, pandemic right after 9-11, and the over-under is 48. What do you think, Scott?
0: As we just talked about Pete Carroll, same thing with Mike Zimmer. Right, total run, total running game. Um, right. Dalvin Cook is gonna is gonna go off in this game. Um, Cincinnati's defense is, is subpar, right? As a lot of a lot of these defenses are. Um, Cincinnati has not found a way to win games like this at home. An underdog, um, they just have not found ways to to hang hang enough close to the spread. Or win. Right. And they have talent on the offensive side of the ball Joe Mixon, Jamal Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Um, I just don't trust the Cincinnati coach, to be honest with you. I, I just Zach, think he was like Zach a, Taylor, I have no confidence that he's going to come up with a game plan that is going to stop Dalvin Cook right. or focus on the, what he needs to do. I think he's going to say, Hey, look, Minnesota's running the ball. Let's run the ball too. I think <laughs> right, that's what right. going to try to do. Right. Uh, the over under is way too high in this game. Way too high. Right. Way too high. It should be. It should be down in the in the low forties, and it's not. Right. So, I'm definitely on Minnesota in this game. Uh, I'm definitely on um, the under for sure. And, and I, I think that this is a perfect Mike Zimmer game. Take the air out of the ball and play great defense. So.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bengals plus four. The Bengals have always been to me that family member who maybe is in recovery. <laughs> you can't trust, so, you know, I always buy a point, so we're gonna go plus four, under forty eight. These are one of these family-owned teams that seems like they lose on purpose because they don't want to play for a playoff game. Remember poor uh, Marvin Lewis. I know a guy that works in the NFL front office. And he told me that literally, Marvin Lewis has 15 jobs. There's no scouting department. Just one guy and the whole coaching staff has to also be the scouting department. I laughed when Zach Taylor and I read in the Cincinnati Inquirer with Joe Burrow, i been trophy winner, but he's a rookie. Just getting scout. He has literally, he has coaching duties. <laughs> He's like Tom Brady, but not Tom Brady. <laughs> <This> guy, <laughs> he's never really run a full year of, uh, of an NFL offense. Uh, I think they're going to have a good game plan for the beginning of the of the year, and Zimmer's going to make things simple for him. but they're not going to score a lot of points. It's a lot of bend, don't break type stuff. Bars hurt uh, for, you know, coming off the edge. You need those edge guys. Uh, so I see the, the Bengals. Uh, covering, right? It might be a little of situations where it's 10 3 or something, and they, you know, they go and they kick a field goal, make it 10 6, and the Vikings just go to victory, right? So I, I really see this as way under again. Every game we've gotten under, I, I'm just feeling that. Uh, so under, under 48, actually, average. Uh, game in the NFL is 45 points, and then again, Zimmer with an extra game. A conservative guy to begin with, and he's a defensive corner. He doesn't trust anybody with his defense. he got his son there, and then Kubiak's kid has the offense. You think Kubiak's kid is going to back talk to his uh, godfather <laughs> or Uncle Zimmer when he tells him to run the ball? That would cook all day, every day. What do you think, uh, uh Nola? Um, yeah, I'm under unanimous under
2: with you guys. I, uh, I like the Bengals too with the points. I think, uh, I think Joe Burrow is an elite passer when it comes to accuracy. And I think he's got a lot of weapons, um, I think they're they going to be with Jamar
1: Chase in college. He's going to know where he's going to be.
2: Yeah, I, I see. You were him. talking
1: about that all offseason, man. You were talking about Joe Burrow, Jamar <laughs> Chase all off season. But you actually trained with these guys. You actually trained with Joe Burrow, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've thrown with Joe a few times, but yeah, it, uh, I, I think he's going to have a good showing uh, under. But I think Cincinnati will uh, even give him give me with the points. I, I like them to cover. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think they got a good chance to win it.
1: Right, right. I, I agree. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals won this game. They might not win any other game the rest of the season, but uh, I, I see them, I see them uh, playing well in this game, and I see them getting the call by the rest. right? Because the rest of yeah. the NFL want to keep Bengal fans engaged. They don't want to lose in the first game of the season. Next game, a game that or really—that's the thing about sports betting, right? It's a collaborative effort. This is the only form of wagering where you talk to people. Sometimes people you even barely even know that you see, them or they see you catch the tickets all day. You know, they always hesitates to come up with you. Oh, what do you think about the next game? You always love, you always love those it's kind of creepy people are watching, but it's also fun. An extroverted guy like me. This next game, agent, um, agent, Rob, I believe. Uh, I'll look it up on Twitter, uh, got a call from him, and we went over in depth, the Detroit Lions. Lifetime Detroit Lions fan talks about the Lions with his dad, and we broke down the Lions. Uh, And I did some research myself in Detroit News, right? Uh, Great to read about the Michigan Wolverines, Michigan State basketball, Izzo and the Detroit Lions. I listened to the radio broadcast with Lomas Brown in the Detroit Lions, uh, especially when Matt Patricia was there. It was hilarious. Man, they're getting eight points against a run-first team again. Early in the season, salesmen think short-term. sales; men and women think long-term. Shanahan's thinking Super Bowl. Why? Because he's taken a team to a Super Bowl. He's been a coordinator for a team that went to the Super Bowl. His dad won two. So they're thinking long-term. They do not care if they lose the first game on the road to Detroit. I still think the 49ers are going to win, but it's plus eight. Uh, Anthony Lynn is the uh, offensive coordinator for Detroit Lions. Another guy who went from running backs coach to head coach on a family-owned team that's close to bankruptcy. Now he goes to another family-owned team, the Ford family who uh, just hired away uh, Apple's main guy on the secret electric car, Apple's making the Ford family paid to get him on uh, Ford. So your Fords are going to be electric here. Plus eight. I like the plus eight. I'm taking off the key number. The Lions are just family-owned team, right? The Bengals are a family-owned team, loser team. So for me, they're like a the family member. I know that I have that's in recovery, that always has a story, always trying to borrow 20 bucks. Uh, and I say, I'm just going to give you 20 bucks and so I'm, I'm sure not going to get it. Or I'm going to give me a going to go to the grocery store and buy what you want and bring it to you. You're going to save because I'm spending the gas money and the time, right? And they're always late for Thanksgiving dinner. Lines are the same. So I, I don't trust them. So I'm going to buy the point, half point, make it eight, and, man, again, a game that I don't see maybe going over 45, right? These are the games that maybe I'll just go over because every game I've been under. But maybe I want to get 80%. I'm not trying to get every game right. I'm not doing a teaser or a So I'm going to stick with the under. Maybe buy a point, make it plus 46 or over under 46. What do you think, Scott.
0: I agree with you, San Francisco wants to run the ball. I also think Detroit wants to run the ball. Right. This could be the quickest game of the week. This could be over okay. in two and a half hours for yeah. sure. Big time. Um, it's gonna go way under. It's gonna go way under. This is gonna be a, this is this has the ear max of a 17 to 13 game for sure.
1: Yeah, I was surprised is long at 49. Yeah, I I've
0: just had a feeling about this this game the last I'd say three or four days terms of picking Detroit with the points um,
1: and we agreed we didn't talk yeah, I don't I can't I can't
0: see I can' even see each team putting the ball up more than 20 times in the game no. this week because no. yeah Jimmy G is not trusted by San Francisco no Jared Goff is not trusted by Detroit so they're gonna run the ball so 1713 I see I don't even see it coming close to the over in this game for sure.
1: And, and I made a lot of money betting against Jameis Winston, but this is Anna. Anna's a psychotherapist. And 95% of people can't change. And then people with impulse control issues, right, uh, throw interceptions, right? So Jameis Winston, he steals. He had a sexual deviancy problem. He raped the girl in college. I extrapolated to the man can't change, right? That's why uh he didn't make it in Tampa Bay, and now he's at, at the Saints uh, selling to everybody. He has changed. Uh, bet against Garoppolo in the Super Bowl because I thought he was going to have impulse control issues and throw an interception at key time. And that's exactly what happened, and I covered the Super Bowl. You say, Josh, what does it have to do with it? Say, well, Jimmy Garoppolo, now, I don't judge, right? Because unless you you know, standard man choose. You don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm not a therapist, right? I can't, you know, I really don't know. But in business, you have to make decisions without having all the information. You get the number two rule of research. You always do, the two rule of betting is always do your research. You get as much information as possible, right? Do math, you come up to logical conclusions. But a lot of NFL players, frequent prostitutes, right? That's what they do. But they do not get caught. So Garoppolo's out with a porn star. He gets photographed and everybody knows. And Shanahan goes crazy because it's like, hey, we have kids in training camp and it's a family type thing. So the fact that he got caught is the issue I have. He couldn't control his impulses. And you're talking about Garoppolo, a man who... Got $20 million bonus, played for the Patriots. Uh, he doesn't look like a bad-looking guy. He can get any girl he wants. But his impulse control issues are such, this happened. So betting the under on that because of that. Uh, Goff, I saw him in training camp for four years. Once under um, Fisher and then under McVay. Uh, he is as dumb as a box of rocks and he's very insecure. Big difference between when I saw uh, body language wise between him and then of the offense, telling people what to do between Stafford and Golf. So Golf in a structured running game, Lynn is a Parcells guy, guy who made a lot of money with the unders in uh, teams that are under and play defense, usually covered the spread. When they're asked dogs, they did not cover a favor. So, the Lions as a, you know, seven and a half, eight-point underdog. Lions plus eight, under 46. What do you think, Now
2: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think we're going to see a lot of run in the ball. Both quarterbacks aren't trusted. Screams under low-scoring game. And low-scoring game with an eight-point spread, I, I like the underdog always.
1: Nice. All right, so that's the Lions. So games that you feel and you agree with, feel free to double down, but do not more than 25% of your bankroll, especially on your the Lions and Cincinnati of the world because <laughs> they can completely fall apart. Uh, Chiefs at home, home opener. Now, Chiefs in Denver, right? Historically, they have the highest winning percentage. And it's probably because of the altitude where they play in these places taking on the Cleveland Browns, right? Who uh, everybody's high on them. They have a really talented roster analytics team. Uh, the GM is 32 years old. So really their, gem, their GM is still uh, De uh This guy's in there for window dressing, the cheapest guy that you get. The owner is really a uh, booster of the Tennessee Volunteers uh, he's an owner that thinks he knows football, gets medals, but he's going full on analytics, thinking that the same thing that works in his business is going to work in the betting, in, not in the betting world, but in the football world, uh, It is Chiefs minus six. were in the Super Bowl. A lot of teams, a lot, a lot of people are going to bet this minus six and the over under is 55. Uh, I really can't figure out this game. What do you think, Scott? So if Cleveland has their way, it's
0: going to be an under for sure. Cleveland wants to run the ball. Right. That's that's their whole game plan, run right. the ball. Somehow, I think, if you remember last year, Baker Mayfield came out against Tennessee and just threw the ball all over the place. Right. That might happen this year. This this might be the type of game where they say, all right, everybody thinks we're running the ball, we're going to zag when everybody else thinks we're zigging. Um, but I still think 55 is too high of a number. I, I right. Cleveland's Cleveland's defense much improved this year. Um, they gave Kansas City a run for it in the playoffs. Could have won that ball game. Maybe should have won the ball game. Um, Vegas got this one right in terms of the point spread because I think it's going to be right in and around there. I think right. it, it's going to be anywhere from a four to a seven point game. Um, right. So this is a coin flip for me. Um, Chiefs at home. I lean toward the Chiefs. Don't feel a lot of confidence in it, but that's where I would lean, and definitely the under. I I, I can't see the team scoring what it amounts to 27, 28 points. I don't think that's going to get there.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm um, I'm just I'm going to go with my first favorite. I'm going to go Chiefs uh, minus the six and. Under fifty-five because this is Andy Reid. Fifty-five is huge. That's a huge number for a ball game. Right, first game of the season.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, non-division game on the road. Uh, definitely, if Andy Reid has a big lead, I'm going to go uh, Browns second half line. Right, but it's going to be under that fifty-five. Uh, Andy Reid had well, both. And now I know all of his kids are drug addicts. Right, one kid overdosed and died. He's a Mormon guy, and the reason was, under his admission, people can read this online. He has neglected his family, and he's married to the game of football. I'm like Josh, what does that have to do with this? Andy Reed has spent all summer long dissecting the Cleveland Browns. They almost beat him in the playoffs. Like Scott said, uh, the Bucks had a really good game plan in the Super Bowl to beat him, and he's obsessed about this the whole time, right? Uh, unless he's going to meetings with the one son that, during the Super Bowl, crashed his car with a bunch of drugs and alcohol in the car, right? And we could say because, you know, dad neglected him. For the game of football. But guys like that, him, Chip Kelly, Bill Cheat, Nick Satan, they won a lot of games, and they obsess over this. And I made a lot of money throughout the years betting on them. First game of the season. I learned me listen again with Nick Saban against Miami. Completely obliterated. And I got a nugget from Nick Saban at a press conference. He says that he designs the offense as well as a defense. And during the season, the assistant coaches can ha- add things here and there. So Andy Reid screams to this. Half the league, including the Cleveland uh, Browns head coach, worked for Andy (laughs) Reid. So uh, I see Andy Reid covering this minus 6 under 55, but probably not covering the next week. What do you think, Chad?
2: Um, Yeah, I agree. Under 55, that's way too high. Um, I was kind of thinking the Browns were going to cover but listening to you guys now I'm I'm realizing I think I'm having like a, a little recency bias because the second half of the Chiefs last year they just weren't covering anything right. they're one of the games and uh, you know if you, you live in the past you die in the past I think I was kind of thinking in the past and like you said with Andy Reid and this being the first game of the year he's been prepping for it um, you know you said they're going to cover this this first one They they're, they're going to have you know, some similar to, to not covering late, like I said, next week. They're not going to be covering huge lines all year, but uh, I mean, six, opening day, that's under a key number. I like it. I think the Chiefs are the way to go.
1: 100%. 100%. And you talked a good point that we'll, we'll talk in another podcast about that. It's our biases, right? With the George Floyd thing, people talked about unconscious biases and biases. That's why I do not watch like ESPN. I watch the games with the volume off, because you don't want anything. You want to see with your eyes, right? You want to see with your eyes. An old, independent, wealthy, financial services guy, thirty years ago, said, "Josh, you see with your eyes. Uh, you don't want anything kind of influence. That and recency bias is huge. Uh, all kinds of biases. Yeah, and I have all." <laughs> So I have to research my thinking. That's why on Tuesday, I have like a half hour podcast, Hawthorne effect. Whatever you track and measure, you improve its performance by 10 to 20%. So that's another beauty of sports betting. You can see what you thought and where your flaws are so you can fix them, right? And again, 95% of people can't change. So if you can look at objectively at yourself and really admit when you're wrong, we're embarrassed, humiliated because you thought something really stupid and can face and confront those brutal feelings. Then you got an edge on 95% of people. And again, that helps uh, financially as well. And it helps with relationships, right? In my marriage for the last, um, my wife's undefeated and I haven't won again. My wife's 100 and oh, uh, I've been wrong every single time. <laughs> All right. So we got. The But she likes me to make every single big decision. I make mean, all the big decisions. She makes all the little ones. All right. Now, Patriots minus three, under 43 against Miami. Scott, you're the Patriots expert. What do you think about these guys? So this, this definitely screams low scoring.
0: Um, Tua has no Ryan Fitzpatrick in back of him. So if he struggles, he's in for the game. Um, right. Whereas last year they could take him out, put Fitzpatrick in. Um, I personally think that Miami is going to struggle against the Patriots' best, better defense than last year for sure. All these opt-outs came back. Um, the free agent moves that he made um, helped improve the the uh, line. Bringing some guys back that he had before. Um, Mac Jones is not going to be asked to do a lot. It's going to, it's all going to be run. Right. And and, uh, it could be on both sides run a lot of run. Um, But I just see this as a 17 to to seven game, uh, 21 to 10 game, something like that. I think Belichick's got the team he wants for sure. He definitely does. So, uh, so I, I like them to to cover the spread, Um, but I still like them as the under. You know, is that that's the theme of tonight is all the unders. Um, I, I just don't see a lot of points being scored in this game. And I see a very quick game as well on this one, too. So,
1: yeah, I 100% agree.
0: And then both teams are a mirror of each other because Flores came from the Belichick system. Exactly. So they mirror each other. And like we said last week, all these teams run the same defense in that division. So,
1: exactly. And, uh, yeah. Josh Daniels has been with Belichick a lot, so if he has to, he can get off script. Belichick's friends with dad, uh, George Gotts. See again, he coached with Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's coaching with Satan. He's the offensive coordinator. This is the same uh, offense the Patriot defense has been seeing in practice this whole time, right? So that screams under to me. And I see the I see a 177 uh, even 17 14 you kind of push you still get that under. What do you think Chad?
2: yeah team of the day unders we, we love the under and yeah I think the Patriots at home division game um I, I think like uh, we said belichick has got the team he's got we're releasing cam and uh, we talked about that with uh, when they released cam we like New England unders all year long and um, you know, with the division game, home game, Belichick having all that time to prepare, I think they're gonna they win that game by a touchdown. So New England minus three looks good, or even by the half point, get them at two and a half, get it off a key number.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent, and you can speak to this because um, when we talked in the offseason, you're saying how Cam Newton was taking forever to warm up, right? Because you were at those practices. And then I asked, oh, the Cam set up those practices? No. Jason Statham was the guy. And then the Patriots flew out the wide receivers out there for a couple of days. And Jason Statham was the one organizing the, the practices. And then what uh, Nick uh, Nokovich or whatever his name is, Nick from the linebacker, says that uh, Mac Jones had more command of the playbook than uh, – than Cam, so it kind of seems like Cam's body and mind have already broken down. He has taken a lot of concussions.
0: I think McDaniel's is smart enough to know Mac Jones okay. is going to be our quarterback. Let me let me design the playbook with some Alabama stuff in it, exactly. so that he could feel very comfortable with it.
1: And uh, and well, don't forget, if Nick Singh, let me ask you this guy: if Nick Say is best friends with Bill Belichick. It's Satan saying that he designs the offense and then the offensive coordinator does that on that. How much of a difference is there between the Satan offense and the Belichick offense? I don't he think... he designed that, the offenses.
0: Right. And where Satan was in Cleveland with Belichick, I don't think... I think he took all the principles from what Belichick was doing in Cleveland and transposed right. it into Alabama. So I think right. that it's basically a brush-up conversation with them, where Belichick right. probably said this to him, hey, if Mac Jones is there at 15, we're taking him. You know, what, you know, what are your philosophies on offense? And Belichick knows him well enough to know exactly what his philosophies are, and he's going to incorporate that. He told McDaniels, put this stuff in because I think Mac Jones is going to win this job. I think he knew he's known this for a long time, that Mac Jones was going to be his quarterback.
1: Yeah, and then we put it, this question too, guys. Is it past calculating guys who won multiple national championships? In Is it past this guy from high school be grooming this guy to, to be the of this Patriots quarterback? Would it shock you if, if you heard that that was the case? What do you think? What do you think, Chad? You got, you got a brother in the pipeline now. He's a starting quarterback, Power Five school. Yeah,
2: no, I'm, I already went on this game. I'm uh we're good on this one. I'm we're we're this we're still on the uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots, right?
1: Yeah, and the Patriots, and then maybe uh, Mac Jones being groomed, right, to be an Alabama and New England Patriot quarterback for me in the high school days because you've gone through the process.
2: Yeah, you know, I think I, he's a quarterback day when I yeah New New England's going to cover this game. I mean, they I. Yeah. It's gonna be like you said. They've been planning this the whole time. Belichick's got the team he wants, and they're gonna they're gonna win this opener at home for sure.
1: Yeah. now, and, be-
0: and Belichick wants to be three and zero going into week four because Brady's coming back. Right, yeah. he desperately wants to win these first three games. So th- this is this is what he wants. So okay.
1: now during the week, if you have like uh, the NFL package game day, or whatever, where they replay the games, and you have trouble sleeping. <laughs> you might want to put this game on the Giants in Denver. <laughs> Runsville Giants at home. I I don't know how you can favor Denver on the road at all. Starting a new quarterback, new offense. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm per- perplexed by this. Teddy Bridgewater, forty two. I think it's going to go over because. Both teams have bad offenses, so there's going to be a special teams touchdown. block punt, a return punt, kickoff, something crazy to make it over the 42, right? So that's the only one I see over, and I see the Giants at home. It's the biggest TV market in New York. They're going to get that call. Even if Denver gets a big play, they'll be called back by holding it's going to be a holding pay. Uh, Big play on defense. It's going to be five yards, illegal contact on third and 30. Uh, Five-yard penalty, automatic first down. So I'm going with your New York Giants plus three. I'm going to go over the 42. Just because I think both teams know – they're going to have trouble scoring and they're going to need a special team's touchdown or even a gimmick play, some sort of trick play. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Well, here's my questions with the Giants.
0: How much is Barkley going to play? Right. Number one. Number two, is Galladay playing? If the answer to those questions is that Barkley is playing a lot and Galladay is playing, I would favor the Giants in this game. Um, I I would say they're gonna, they're gonna, they'll they squeak out a win. Yeah. But not knowing those two factors, I, I'd lean toward Denver only because I think on offense, their receiving core is really good. Right, if right. Teddy Bridgewater could get a connection with Judy or Sutton, right. I think Denver's squeaking out a win. For sure. I, I think it could be a field goal game, for sure. 27-24, 24-21, whatever the score may be. I, I agree with you. I think it's going over. I think it's going over by a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Those 24-21 are my, those, is over, yeah.
0: Yeah, those are those are my two questions right now. How much is Barkley playing, and is Galladay playing, and is he healthy enough to carry a full load of the receiving corps? Cause Denver is, is mostly healthy across the board. So, um, so I, I, it's going to be a field goal game either way. So I, if you can get it at a two and a half, great. That would be, that'd be what I'd be looking for is two and a half. And, uh, if it's two and a half, I would definitely take the Giants. Yeah. So that's where I lean.
1: Yeah. That, that would be a money line game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Barkley, I saw when they showed him in uh, training camp in in a preseason game, in the last preseason game, the summer working on the side, he looked fine to me. Mm. So I really expect Barkley to play a lot. Barkley left, Barkley right. Uh, Got a former coach (laughs) as your offensive coordinator. Uh, You should think all summer long, looking at the Denver – San Joe defense and never changes, you should know how to be able to score on him. So but it's i I'm afraid I'm afraid of chasing Garrett too. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's a bad thing that he's been looking at all also.
2: Yeah, I like I like both receiving cores. I think we we get some big plays on both sides from both groups and, and get us an over. And when it comes down to the side, I think I like if you can get you know, the three, three and a half with the Giants, I think a home dog in week one, I think they're going to come out. And personally, I feel like when the Bron- the Broncos went with Bridgewater over Locke, I don't know, they're kind of playing it safe. or I mean, I don't know. I feel like they even like tanking the season because, I mean, I think <laughs> Locke,
1: right, exactly
2: Locke was like legitimately should be, you know, if they're really building for the future, they should have went with Locke. So right. it seems like, I don't know, they might be just having a down year, throwing the year. Um, right. so the well, team- they're selling okay.
1: the team and there's a big fight with the family usually when that happens, family-owned teams they like to tank the years because the largest cost when you're selling something, a business is labor costs so uh, they, you know, they, they cheapen their labor by tanking the season from the business yeah. money back. the and other factor a the other factor is we traded
0: for Teddy Bridgewater so now we got to play but that's that's what they're
2: thinking. Yeah, even though he's not the best guy, yet. Right,
1: right, right. So,
2: yeah, with all that, I like the Giants. We get it, get it done at home, opening day.
1: Yeah, home dog, opening day, biggest market, in New York. So the consensus pick, right, is going to be the Giants plus three. What do you think, Chad? Over forty-two. Yeah. Yeah. So we all we all thought over the, the forty-two. Points. Opening day, New York. Uh, looks to be a very boring game, other than what you guys uh, talked about. I actually got me excited to see about the receivers. A team that's big on the receivers, uh, playing in a new $7 billion stadium at home, minus seven, right? Rams minus seven against the Chicago Bears, right? And Andy Dalton. I went to three of uh, uh, the Rams, said, so uh, get with the defensive line coach. I'm going Rams minus seven, I think under 48, because they want to protect the defense. Raheem Morris will have talent on defense. You're Darnold of the world. I don't know how the Bears can score. I really don't. So I really see like a 20 to nothing type game in the new $7 billion stadium. What do you think, Scott?
0: Andy Dalton had all that talent in Dallas last year, and he didn't do anything. Right. So, uh, Justin Fields is playing week two, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if they get if they get shut out or they only score one touchdown, Dalton's Dalton, out of there. And, right. and I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, this could be a shutout. This this could really be a shutout.
1: Yeah, I see a, I see a shutout. Here. Yeah,
0: I, I think the Rams' offense is just going to blitz the Bears in terms of they're going to throw the ball. Um, they'll run it a little bit, but they're going to throw the ball. That's the way they, they succeed. So I, I see a, I see a definite under. I see a 27 to anywhere from zero to seven game. Right. I just think the Rams are going to – I think the Rams going to dominate. I, they got a great defense. So I don't know where Andy Dalton's going to get his passing yards, but, you know, that's that's my take on
1: it. Right. And McVay, Stafford are going to protect the defense, running right? quarterback. To keep the game under, but yep. I don't see and, the Bears score it because uh, it's dangerous to throw it against that uh backfield of the Rams. And shiny then, new uh, toy. The Bears are going to be able to run on, uh, on, on 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 unless Cohen gets a big play. That's only going to be one time where he's gone or, or a big play by the Bears. But that's about it. Staff is
0: a, sh- a shiny new toy in that LA, so that's the other thing. Too.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I I, I think whole first game in that stadium, the Rams and what they got. I, I like the Rams to really, you know, huge market, home game, new stadium. I like them to whomp them. I think the defense for L.A. is solid. Like you said, I don't see how the Bears are going to score. Um, so, yeah, I like the Rams minus a seven and a half and then, I mean, I, I might even be looking at the Chicago team total under, which probably be about 19 or 20. Right. Uh, that might be a really good look because, yeah, I oh, mean, I, I just so. – uh, e- even better than the, the under for the ho- whole game because, you know, the Rams, you said, they could maybe put up some points, you know, get up 35, 21 – or 28, 35 themselves, you know. So if you do get two touchdowns from the Bears, they're still going to go under that team total in to big like right. 19, 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's that's a that's a pretty nice look.
1: Oh, big time, big time! And and if the Rams have a big lead at halftime, uh, why play Khalil Mack in the second half? <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: right.
0: right. And I'll give you I'll give you one more number that I found at the sports books today. Rams are, are favored by four just in the first half alone. So I would take the Rams in the first half.
1: All right, good bet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is a good yeah. one.
1: Yeah. The Rams minus four, first half. First, first half. Yeah. yeah. Oh, big time. Because the, the Rams got to come out strong in that yeah. stadium. That's a competitive market. They're selling tickets for the rest of the gear. Him and in the league, because the league invested like four hundred million dollars. Yep. Right. So. Another game that's kind of funny to me. I think it's an inflated line. Uh, Green Bay minus four at Super Bowl. Winning Parcells coach uh, Peyton and James Winston. Winston, James Winston, for all his faults, did win a national championship with the Florida State Criminals. He has to have a great first game. He should be dialed in, controlled his impulses. And Green Bay is notorious for not covering over a key number on the road. Uh, 50, I'll let you guys analyze, but I I like the Saints – Super Bowl winning coach, again, first game of the season. Wants to set the tone. Saints plus four. And I'm torn on over under 50. The average score of an NFL game is 45. What do you think, Scott? You're an over-under expert.
0: So I like the under just just slightly. I like okay. somewhere somewhere around 46. Games in Jacksonville. It's not New Orleans because of the hurricane. Right. Right. So that so it's almost like a neutral site game. Right. Both teams have a lot to prove. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has that chip on his shoulder for what happened this whole off season. Um, you know, he want Devontae. He's jeopardy host. Yeah. Yep. Devontae Adams wants to get off to a huge start. Wants a new contract wherever he's playing. Um,
1: right.
0: Of course, Peyton wants to prove that. He can get Jameis Winston to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Um, so he's probably worked with him tirelessly in the offseason. Um I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of an inflated number. I, I see it be being anywhere from a one to a three-point game, either way. Right. Um but I would lean toward the Saints to cover for sure. Um with the four. And I would go with the
1: under for sure. Yeah, it is 46. Yeah, we'll have fifty here. Yeah, I think it's it's fifty. Yeah, it's fifty. It's fifty. It's 50. fifty. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would I would say it's no more than a twenty-seven, twenty game, twenty-seven, twenty-one
1: game somewhere in that ballpark. I, so. I agree. Yeah, because it both guys, even though it's a young offensive guy, two offensive coaches, uh, against it's, it's an extra game, so they're gonna have to protect the defense. Defense cannot be on the field all
0: game. Yeah. Actually, let me rephrase that 24 21. I see. I see a late yeah, field goal yeah. winning the game, either right. way.
1: Right. So. And that's 45. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I see it 40. I, I see it because, again, uh, Rogers, the Super Bowl winning guy, he knows he can't have the defense on the field. So he's going to take shorter shots. He's not going to go for the quick score. Not late in the season, that'll be opposite. Mid or late season, I would say this game's going over all day with two offensive guys and another veteran quarterback yeah. that has not played in the preseason at all,
0: and Devontae didn't play, and Aaron Jones didn't play, so right. they're going to get off to a slow start, I think, in this game.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. It's going to be weird in Jacksonville. Uh, let me look at that weather, because I was looking at it, because Tallahassee is right next to Jacksonville. I was looking down for another game. Game. Uh, New Orleans is going to be, it's so hot in New Orleans, man. New Orleans is going to prepare for the weather a little bit. So I'm going to go New Orleans second half line for the weather. And that day is going to be Jacksonville weather. It's going to be 90% humidity. And it's going to be – it's going to feel like 95. <laughs> so, so, definitely the Saints uh, second-half line plus for under 50 because in that hot weather, you definitely need to do, uh, protect that defense. What do you think, John Noah?
2: You guys, I, I, I agree. I think uh, that under Green Bay's rust on offense, that hot weather combination – screams to the under um, I don't know I I I if this game in was in New Orleans in the superdome I like right. the Saints that much better this the location switching did kind of mm, sway me but I see I think just listen to you guys talk I mean uh, the rust with the with them and I think the Saints wanted to get off to a hot start uh, I think they should be able to get up on them early in that in that be more equipped for the weather. So, uh, you know, Jameis played in that in college. He's from that area. So I think that plays good. I think that plays good for the Saints.
1: Yeah. And, and another thing is that um, uh, Green Bay has a softer division, right? Whereas being a uh, home so to speak, to the Saints, the Saints with a pro winning coach, they have to win this game because you got Tampa Bay. In that same division, the Super Bowl champ, right? Mm-hmm. So, looking looking at the Saints here and the second half line, because in Green Bay it's still it's starting to get a little cool there. So, it's, they've played in the South before and they've lost every time, and I've covered every time. So, uh, money in the bank, keep rolling, right? Because money's a scarce uh, commodity, is what money is. Not easy to get in this podcast. We have made you and ourselves a lot of money. So last game, Monday night, right? You're gonna be in Vegas. Right, stick into to the game with all the money? And well, make sure you have something with you, man, because I'm afraid with all this money in your pocket, <laughs> <laughs> listen to the podcast. But uh, yeah, make sure if your bank's there to deposit the money there big payouts have uh has them sending a check to the house <laughs> <laughs> right because we're 68 percent college so we're rolling uh again a game that i think is an inflated line on both sides viewing that everybody's going to be watching right with delta virus where people are staying at home it's going to be a huge crowd a lot of people betting on their apps uh Irregardless, home dogs on Monday night football are 80%. So you never bet blindly, right? But uh, researching the Raiders, right? Even uh, I was in an alumni Zoom meeting in the head coach of University of South Florida. Talked about Hunter Renfro. Zero star. Those on the field and the five stars with him, with him on the sideline. Offensive coordinator of... Uh, your Clemson Tigers, uh, Super Bowl winning coach in his fourth year in Vegas. Man, time flies. Another guy like Bill Cheap, he has basically the team he wants. Uh, Carr is in the fourth year of his offense. He'll pull him quick, put very early in against the Ravens. They always make the playoffs, but they always lose a lot of road games early. They don't cover early. Uh, Harbaugh family, likes to run, loves to hide plays, right? You see this with uh, Michigan. Wolverines. We see it with the Ravens. Vegas is getting five points in the under 51. When I saw this, I bet it right away. I going Raiders way past the key number. Wasn't even close. Vegas didn't even play around. Right? They know that Everybody and their mother are going to be betting the Ravens. Inventing that uh, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy at Louisville four years ago. Not that he hasn't won a playoff game. That he has not proven he can read defenses. and He's not proven that he's not a thrower. Right? Uh, That he's a passer. He hasn't proven that yet. Against uh, Gus Bradley, uh, Pete Carroll, Guy uh, who, you know, knows how to be a defensive coordinator, was a head coach, he covered for me like crazy when he was the head coach at Jacksonville. They didn't win much, but they covered every single game. They were in every single game. He reminds me of Todd Bowles with the Jets, with the Jets covered for me every time. Big plus number on the Jets because he was a great defensive coordinator, defensive mind. Now he's asked Gruden, the offensive guru you would say so I'm going the Raiders all day minus 5 under 51 what do you think Scott
0: I'm going under as well and until Lamar proves to me he can throw the ball with any consistency in any type of game I would fade the Ravens in any game so I'm, I'm on the Raiders in this too first game with fans in the stands Right. that'll make a big difference the Raiders will want to show show up and play really well on Monday night. You know ESPN put this on Monday night for a reason. First game in oh, yeah. Vegas with the fans. So, to me, I'm on the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to win this game outright to be honest with you. And I think it's going to be under 51. 20, 24, 20, 24 21, 24, 20, something like that. But Right. This is another game that's going to be running on one side. And if they passing on another side. So um, I think the Raiders ruin this game outright. I think it goes under. And I, I think the Raiders make a statement to the rest of the NFL that they're going to be contended with for the whole year.
1: So, right. Yeah. Like me, I already saying playoffs. What do you think, Chad?
2: Yeah. Raiders all day, home dog. I think first game with fans in that stadium. You know they're they're selling the season. Um, I think you know they're going to come out like the under, and I think the you know the I think the I like the Raiders uh, outright to win. It might be a little money line sprinkle. Take twenty thirty percent of my bet, and throw it on the money line.
1: Right, right, right down one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Thinking about that, I'll Put it right down here on the spreadsheet sprinkle a little bit on the money i'm gonna do that so i i really think this is the greatest podcast of all times because we're getting you practical information to on three levels right you're making money now you're learning how to make money in the future you understand the world a little bit better understanding business and financial concepts how they apply to the real world where you can execute the money in your pocket. So, final words, uh, guys. I learned a lot, man. And i changed some picks. So, man, this has been great. Yeah, for no, me. I learned
2: a lot. Yeah, that, that Vegas money line, I think you can get at plus 180. So, you can get double your money there, that payout. If, yeah. you, if you like the Raiders.
1: Yeah, Vegas knows it. That's why they make it plus 220, right? It's plus 180. You got to know the numbers and how the numbers kind of apply.
0: So, and, and as I said earlier, Vegas has juiced these over-unders up point-wise a lot. A lot. So I, I think the theme of – obviously the theme of the show was I think we only had one over maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah. that was it. So yeah. um, I'd look for a lot of defensive games until about week two, week three, week four, and then the offenses will get
1: rolling, I think. so. Right. Look for defenses that have been on the field, all yeah. game. A uh, key injury, or maybe an edge rusher, or, or left tackle, or something. Um, start by the, really by the uh, sixth game of the season, right? Uh, we'll be even more dialed in on what what who's who and what's what. Right now, we start with Houston being the team that's 100 tank city, but Chad mentioned Denver, and you know another team that's for sale. Uh, that be, will become clear because you make as much money bidding against teams that you do for teams so again really the definition of it uh, you get more by giving than getting and i always close with sir winston churchill you make a living from your labor but you make a life from what you give thank you for listening to the espc podcast That's why this one do costs $800 and that cost $200. And I don't know what that cost. I miss shit in the world. That's why.